Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And we are in the throes of a federal election. It's silly season, as as you would often say. And our guest today is going to shed some light on that and many other things. So we're excited about that. But first, of course... We have to thank the team at Municipal Solutions uh, for being our presenting sponsor. You can find them at municipalsolutions.ca. John Mutton and the crew doing a bang-up job uh, in their uh, line of work. And I know, Tony, that you uh, have lots of dealings with Mr. Mutton, the Muttonator as of late, and maybe shed a little bit more light on what they do at Municipal Solutions. Well, they certainly are excellent at development services, project management, whether you need a development approved or a permit expedited, planning services with municipalities, engineering or architectural services, minor variances and land severances, building permits. They're all great for that. Visit municipalsolutions.ca. And last but not least, the team at Looney Politics. Of course, you can get exclusive content there by visiting them, looneypolitics.com, an amazing uh, news aggregator that we're proud to be a part of with our exclusive podcast items and shows that you'll never hear anywhere else other than being uh, on Looney Politics. I should also mention, Tony, we great feedback so far yeah. on our week one election recap. I look at my phone. I think it was uh, yesterday night, uh, voicemail from Trudeau. Voicemail from Aaron, voicemail from Singh. They're like, I'm not, of course, I'm not calling them back. I'm not no, going to no, help them, no, but they're no. all, they want to know. They heard our, our feedback. It's like, <laughs> we're in their rate on the radar for them. <laughs> Perfect. Good stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, boys, not getting a call back from us. So anyway, looneypolitics.com. All right, let's get right to our guest. I know we got a, a time crunch here, but uh, let's make this happen. Yes, we're very pleased to have Jeff Ballingol with us. Uh, he is the founder of Ontario Proud and Canada Proud. If you're not aware of them, they are um, meme machines and sharing platforms. He is the founder of Mobilize Media Group. Uh, and prior to that was a consultant at Navigator Limited. He was an instructor at uh, Hancock University. Did I get that right? Oh, yeah. I need to update my LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I taught English overseas. Uh, oh, okay, that's it. Okay, yeah. you were in Korea, I guess? Yes, I was. Well, very good. All right. Well, you you got to tell us more about BTS and those things. Anyway, <laughs> uh, of course, he was uh, part of the successful Aaron O'Toole leadership campaign as well. Uh, Jeff, it's great to have you on the program. Great to have. Uh, great to be here. So, what are you doing for the campaign? So, I was uh, Aaron O'Toole's digital director during the leadership campaign, uh, but then afterwards, I stepped back because I wanted to focus on third party stuff. And obviously, when an election's called, you can't do both. That's illegal. So, you know, we, uh, we picked my lane, uh, you know, we decided a long ago, this is going to be the, what I was going to do is going to help from the outside. So right now, you know, we're very active. We have, um, a few hundred thousand dollars to, uh, to spend, uh, on the election. Um, you know, we're spending it now actively, uh, in the last week, our first week, we had a great first week. We reached 5.4 million people on Facebook alone, 3 million video views. So we're just uh, ripping into the liberals, exploiting every one of their missteps. And, you know, as a third party, as a, as a, as a pack, uh, we can do and say things that political parties cannot. We can be a lot funnier. We can be a lot harder, harder hitting. Um, we can do, you know, it's just it's a different tone than what the conservative party can offer. So uh, I think a place to uh, 
our strengths. It's something the left has understood for a long time. They've always had lots of surrogate groups, and right. uh, it's about time that the uh, small C conservatives had one on their side. And you know, we're well, having a lot of fun. That's yeah. a good point because it's not unusual to have these uh, pro uh, the, these union funded surrogate, surrogate groups going after the conservative leader. So this is not anything new from that point of view. No, not at all. But for too long, we conservatives just whined and said that it wasn't fair, and uh, no one started their own. Uh, but with social media, you don't need near, you don't need a million dollar you don't need a million dollars behind you. Uh, you don't need like the big union bucks. You can do a lot more with a lot less, provided that you know what you're doing and you have a really good pertinent message. And um, that's why. So how, uh, how did you, how do you judge success when you're sending out these memes or these messages? What what what's your definition of success? We want to make sure that people are engaging uh, and that we're reaching people, frankly. We want to make sure that we're exposing eyeballs, um, you know, because if you think about it, you, a typical Toronto voter or GTA voter can go their whole life or, sorry, their whole day without being exposed to any anti, um, any uh, small C conservative messaging. You know, they listen to CBC radio or uh, they read the Globe and Mail or they, you know, watch pop culture. Um, and every, every, all, all day long, they're not going to really get a, a diverging view um, from, you know, mainstream elite opinion in this country. So that's where we can come in was we can come in. They might see us on Facebook. They might see a critical video. They might see a meme. They might see a graphic. Um, and we can open the door to them and, and, and show the light about how, uh, you know, Trudeau is failing this country or about how he's corrupt or incompetent or a uh, myriad different ways that uh, we can question them and, and try to alienate them away from the liberals. So describe to our listeners what the power of the meme is uh, during this election. Well, you want to be quick. You want to be funny. Uh, a lot of people, you know, scroll, people are addicted to their phones. And you want to make sure that as they're scrolling while they're on the bus or, um, you know, sitting on the couch late at night, you want to make sure that you kind of captivate them and grab their attention. So you do that with humor. You do that through emotion. Um, and it's really powerful. You can you can change minds. And uh, um, and then we're we, obviously we want to move them up the mobilization ladder. You know, we want to make sure that they go from uh, liking our content to commenting on our content to spreading our content to setting up to be uh, to be an email subscriber, and then to be a donor eventually. So uh, we can keep constant contact with them, and we can make sure that they're voting on election day. We can give them surveys to learn more about them, uh, and you know, we move them up the, this activation ladder as we call it in, in, in digital marketing, and uh, we can you know hit them with more pertinent content and make sure that they're being uh, mobilized for future use. I my sense, uh, you know, uh, going back to the 2015 election, which I did contest, the liberals were far ahead on social media and online presence from the conservatives. What's what's your sense now? What who, who's doing some interesting stuff? Um, the liberals are stagnant. I think the conservatives can always do be be doing better. Uh, I, I think we did a good job during the leadership. I think Aaron's team is doing better now. Um, uh, but frankly, you know, what we need to figure out is I think politics is downstream of culture and conservatives need to realize that it can't just be the conservative party talking about conservative things. We need more surrogates. We need more voices. We need to figure out how to reflect modern Canada. We need voices that, um, aren't just old white men. Um, we need to figure out what to do, what to do there. And I think, uh, I think Jagmeet Singh is very good with how he uses TikTok. Um, I forget there's an MP from Hamilton, NDP guy. He makes great content too. Hmm. Um, uh, but I, I, I think uh, I, I think you need to be everywhere. Uh, you need to be figure out what works, testing everything, developing a relationship with your audience. Pierre Polyev certainly gets it. Michelle Rempel, you know, understands it as well uh, on the conservative side. Uh, but the liberals, I think, they're hurting right now because you need a raison d'etre. Like without 
if we're any digital, if you don't have an impetus, if you don't have meaning, um, if you don't have conviction, uh, you don't have purpose, uh, what's the point, right? And people can sense that. So that's why the liberal, uh, they're, spe- they're pouring m- more money than all the other parties right now on, on Facebook, um, but their, their, numbers aren't, um, are, they're under, their numbers aren't as good as they should be. Now, they've gone very, very negative very, very early in this campaign, uh, and uh, it, it seems to be uh, only accelerating. Does that have an impact on your, on your ability to have things shared and the ability for things to be picked up? Uh, not for us. I think we're, we're very, we're, you know, we're attacking the liberals and I think they look desperate and that's how we're spinning it. Uh, you know, they got caught manipulating, uh, a video of, um, of Aaron O'Toole during the leadership campaign. So they got caught yesterday doing that. It's now day two of uh, media reporting on that. Um, you know, that's something our, we, we just posted about it. It's doing quite well. Our fans are really engaged with it. And of course, the power of social media is the fact that we, um, uh, is that you're spreading it out, right? So you're more likely to engage with political content if you see a friend or relative um, share it, right? And so that's what, why Canada Proud is effective, is we get people to lend their social uh, credibility towards our message. So um, that's how we only have, you know, 500,000 fans online, but, you know, we're able to reach 5 million people a week because our our, our people are so engaged and they share our, mess- our content so much. Do you think part of that is, uh, has COVID played a role with all the lockdowns and people like the, almost like our, we're just finally getting some of our social interactions back online and not online, but offline and in person. Um, so it, people are spending, a, you, you said it at the outset, people are spending a lot of time online. Is that, is that having an impact in this election? Um, I don't know how much has changed. I think people are having a huge, they're addicted to their phones before. It's probably only worsened under over under over COVID. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are alienated from politics during COVID, and I think uh, I think we saw my theory about what happened in Nova Scotia and what I think is going to replicate um, federally is that people for a long time they wanted incumbents to do well because COVID was scary, and the thought of incumbent governments failing was scarier. Right? They wanted that trust level. They wanted to, um, they wanted their government to succeed, despite no matter what the stripe it was. But now. COVID is less scary and more annoying. And now people are just annoyed with incumbents. And I think we saw that in Nova Scotia where the polls were tight and then the liberals, the incumbent liberals ended up um, getting the boot and the, the conservatives won a majority. And I think we're going to start seeing that in, in Canada federally because we saw before the election was called, people weren't really paying attention. And then Trudeau calls an election. People said, okay, what's the point of this election? Liberals don't. And then the liberals you know, don't have a narrative. They don't have a message. And now people are really annoyed with the liberals. And I think the liberals now look panicked. They look scared. They're acting, certainly acting like they're, they aren't um, winning anymore. They're acting like they're 10 points behind. So um, it's, uh, uh, I think we're going to start, you know, we're, we'll see how the next few weeks go. And obviously people are going to theorize that, oh, no one's paying attention to after Labor Day. Um, but, you know, the liberals had a really bad first week. They're starting off the second week again on the defensive um, I think people are finally, you know, I don't, I think the conservatives shouldn't have lost the 2019 election. I think uh, we handed it to them. And I think, uh, um, I handed, think people are talking. Handed it to him in what way? In what way? I just think Shear was, uh, didn't perform. I think okay. he, yeah, on a m- number of different issues, he just didn't perform. And I think Aaron's a better campaigner. And frankly, I think Aaron's probably, as much as I love Stephen Harper, I think Aaron's the most charismatic conservative leader we've had since Brian Mulroney. And I think mm. uh, as Canadians get to know him, um, Though, as he gets more exposure, I think he's going to really twist the narrative on um, his low expectations that he was experiencing before. 
That's very interesting. Can I can I just pick <laughs> I up on your... that one? But <laughs> <laughs> well, Jody, you know, jump in there. Well, no, I mean, like I know Aaron well. I like Aaron. I, the most there's no chance that Aaron's the most charismatic leader uh, we've had. Well, I mean, um, it's a it's a it's a low bar though. It's a low well, bar. Yeah, so. I'll give you that. I, I guess. Sorry, I guess it depends on what on. you. I guess if you compare him to, I'm not saying that Harper was charis, had charisma, but Harper was the smartest guy in the room. And if he was, if you were in a room with him, he had that aura of that's Stephen Harper. That's the prime minister. When Aaron O'Toole's in a room and this isn't no offense to Aaron. I think he's a great guy. He made a great minister, but if Aaron's in the room, it's like, Hey dad, it's like, Hey Aaron, what's going on, buddy. You know, you'd never say that to Stephen Harper or Brian Mulroney or you just wouldn't yeah, do but that. Those guys have been prime ministers, Jody. No, Aaron no, I know, not. but you just, you, it's just not the same. He doesn't have the, the it factor. And I've been around a lot of people that have the it factor. I mean, even if you look, I always compare politics to wrestling and, you know, Aaron's a mid Carter. He's not main, he's not, uh, he's not main event, you know, level. But uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I've seen this happen. People have that point of view about a leader until they get elected as the, the chief minister. And then all of a sudden they look like the premier or they look like the prime prime minister. But but Singh, Singh is main event. Singh's, okay. in, Singh's really, not yeah. in power. I mean, Singh is the leader of the NDP. He's a, he's a main event level talent. He'd be selling out arenas. Jeff, what do you think? Um, I think Harper is appealing because he was very smart and shrewd. Um, but I also think, uh, I don't know, I think Aaron's a decent guy, and I think that'll come across. And I think, you, you, you know, it's like running away from a bear. You don't be, have to be the fastest. You right. just can't be the slowest. And I think um, if arrow tool comes across as reasonable accessible um as a palatable alternative and you know and just like a normal guy that's all it's going to take for people to uh either vote for trudeau sorry not not vote for trudeau or feel like they can park their vote with the ndp because you know the conservatives aren't that scary which is how i have this i have this theory i have this theory uh, about progressive voters i want you to comment on it so my theory is uh, for two elections, Trudeau vacuumed up all, all these progressive votes, uh, you know, scaring people, you know, you have to vote for me or it's Harper, you have to vote for me or it's Sheer. And uh, then there's going to, this election, there's going to be, I don't know, not a lot, but five or 7% or 8% of progressive voters who are, who are thinking to themselves, I gave you my vote, Justin Trudeau, in 2015. I gave you my vote in 2019. You didn't do anything on Indigenous. You didn't do anything on the environment. You didn't do anything in electoral form. I'm going to give Jagmeet a try. And all, all, all Justin Trudeau has to do is lose 5 or 7% of his base, and he's toast. Or just they sit at home, right? Yeah, or sit at home, yeah. Yeah, and that's the goal, right? Um, Canada Proud isn't necessarily trying to persuade everyone to vote conservative. Um, we're just trying to persuade people to not vote liberal. Interesting. I got Can I also, I know we got a, just a couple of minutes left with you, but uh, something you said just sparked uh, with me, you know, what's happening internationally with some of these leaders. And I, I look at uh, New Zealand and Jacinda Ardern, who was like the toast of the world a year ago. She was handling COVID and female empowered leadership was showing the way she is just getting torn apart politically in New Zealand right now because her only play on COVID is lockdown, like severe lockdown. Uh, Only 20% of the population has been vaccinated and they're tearing her apart now. So when you talk about people getting annoyed, that's just another indicator, isn't it? I think so. And I think there's a large part of the population that's not reflected in uh, polling. I think 
you know, I'm a big fan of six buzz, the, the social media juggernaut that, you know, is huge in the GTA amongst, um, you know, first and second generation, uh, um, uh, immigrant communities. And you should see the comments, how not, how fast they've turned against Trudeau, uh, and how reticent they are against, uh, mandatory vaccines. It's, it's quite remarkable. They used to like Trudeau and now, um, it's a visceral hatred of the guy. So, um, you know, time will tell in the next three weeks, but I think, uh, there's a lot of signals, uh, that it seems to be that Trudeau was on his way out. Is that kind of like a, almost like a subreddit platform you're talking about? No, it's an Instagram account with 2 million followers. It's, it's oh, wow. absolutely massive. So yeah, they would, I mean, they're connected with Drake and all the hip hop community and basically wow. everyone under 35, um, in the GTA follows this page and, uh, it's real. It's totally. It's more Main Street Canada than certainly I think CBC News is. It's. It's. I think it's more reflective of um, the country's uh, politics at large. Um, and it's the type. You know, the, if it's the person that works at Tim Hortons, it's the cashier at. Um, it's the cashier at Walmart. It's the you know construction worker. That, mm. Those are the guys that go on Six Buzz. It's not the downtown Toronto uh, lawyer or journalist or whatever that. Uh, isn't necessarily in touch with working Canadians. This is a true working class platform, and that's why I'm so inter- I'm always so interested to know what uh, um, their comments and what their what their fans are engaging with. We got about a minute left before you have to go. So, uh, what's your uh, you gotta you gotta give us some predictions here. What's what's going to be <laughs> happening? Uh, well, politics. I don't want to. I don't like giving too many predictions of politics. It's also event based, and then you look and then you look foolish. But I think. The liberals call this election without a narrative, without a plan. I think they look foolish. Um, I think they look desperate. I think I think the election. If I'm going to make a prediction, I think this election shapes up to be a lot like 0506, hmm. where the conservatives came out early. They set the agenda. The liberals, you know, were smug and arrogant. And they thought they didn't have to um, run a platform. And then they said, "Oh, people pay attention after Christmas," and like they're saying now, "Oh, people pay attention after Labor Day." And by then, it was too late. Uh, and then they over overreacted, and all their attacks seemed um, seemed uh, desperate and out of touch. Um, and you know, Harper seemed reasonable, uh, and Aaron O'Toole seemed reasonable, and the NDP were strong enough. And so I think, uh, if I was going to bet, I bet right now I would say it's going to be very, very, very close to 0506. Well, I think we're going to have to leave it at that, but this has been uh, just a, a delight to have you on the program. Jeff Ballingold, thanks for joining and Another Thing podcast. Thank you for having me. Certainly some interesting insights there. Not sure I agree with everything he has to say, but uh, nonetheless, um, what he's doing, it, it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, there's so much going on, and... Uh, you know, he, I think he, he is at doing some leading edge stuff. I will say that. And, uh, I, I just really appreciate getting his perspective on things because, you know, when you're in, a, in an election, I know this and you know, this having, having run you're drinking from the fire hose. It, it is yeah. important to get other points of view and other perspectives out there because you're just, when you're a candidate or in the middle of a campaign on a leader's campaign, you, it's impossible to have perspective. You're, you're, you're in the throes of it, right? So yeah, you're, uh, you're completely encompassed in, in what's going on. And, and sometimes I think that's, I don't know, I think it kind of puts the blinders on, but at the same time, you gotta be, gotta be focused. Although I did, I did think his comments and I agree hundred percent on, uh, uh, the account he was talking about six buzz. I think that probably is a, an excellent reflection of the average individual, not, uh, you know, not, uh, 
the upper class or the elites as the politicians often like to re- uh, refer to. So I'm sure you can probably get some excellent insights from that six buzz account on Instagram, which I believe uh, yeah. it's where it was located. And uh, you want to hear one of my, this is my theory because I know Jeff uh, mentioned that the tide is turning on Trudeau. And, and I think I, we, we talked about this on a recap. I think, Trudeau did not have a good first week. He got better as the week went on. Right. I think, though, that there is, and and hear me out on this, I think that there is a reverse Trump effect happening right now in Canada. And what does that mean? Yeah. I think that there are people that are going to support Trudeau, but they don't want to admit it. Oh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yep, that's so my that theory his, right now. His support is there, but it's just not very vocal right now. Because it's not cool to support Trudeau because of voices like what Jeff is doing. You right. you can get, they can, if you were, think about it, Tony, on Facebook as an example, for the most part, if you were to come out with a positive comment on Trudeau, you, you would be piled on pretty darn quickly in some circles that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is literally people that don't want to admit it, but they might not be, you know, rah, rah, frontline Trudeau people, but that's going to be their choice. Again, that's my theory. Huh. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting one. I, I would have thought it would have gone the other way that it, it, uh, that there's a lot of latent conservative support, but, uh, um, but what, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll know, uh, you know, it's time will tell and all of that, but yeah, I mean, uh, if things turn, negative on Trudeau because everybody's piling on him, you're not going to be waving his flag right now, but you could be still voting for him. That's right. And I mean, again, again, just my theory, I I don't know. And we'll, we'll see ultimately what happens. What's, uh, what's going on with the lawn sign wars in your neck of the woods? Anything happening? There's there's hardly any signs at all. Yeah, me too. I, I find that across the board and I think signs are actually starting. And again, this kind of lends to what I'm saying. I don't think people want to admit who they're voting for. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm it's, seeing very, very few signs, very few. Now it's early, but still, but this, this juncture day eight of an election campaign that I would have normally have seen more signs. So um, I've actually yeah, been going around people. popping up uh, signs that say, I've got my two doses. That's what I'm putting on lawns all over. So <laughs> you are, are you? <laughs> you know what's the difference though i was just thinking like what's the difference between having a political lawn sign and putting up i'm fully vaxxed on my lawn or i'm not i'm unvaccinated right? well i was in toronto uh, a day ago and there were lawn signs about the school board and how people are sick and tired of cohorts for their kids and bubbles and let's have let's have high school that's really high school again though yeah. that was the lawn sign it was unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and I, the other thing I wanted to mention too that Jeff said that was interesting is that people, he said that the sense was that he got, that people are really turning on this mandatory vaccine thing, which yeah, he makes said that. me happy to be honest, because it seems like everybody, it, it's it, as, as with a lot of stuff in, in today's society, it's like people think it's cool now. Our businesses, we gotta, we have to declare we're, you know, the mandatory vaccine thing, or we're going to be destroyed on social media. And they're all, they all seem to be jumping on. So when he says it's kind of turning a bit, that I, I like that because I don't, I don't agree with the positioning of 
of some of these companies doing it. So, well, they're again, they're they're jumping on the bandwagon and uh, they're they want to look like they're doing the most f- to protect the safety of their employees for insurance reasons or litigation reasons. But at the ultimately. I, I can't believe it's going to go anywhere else than we, we are encouraging our employees to be vaccinated or they're going to have to be tested. Yeah, and, I, and I'll be interested to see. I mean, I know cases are going up and the science table is predicting for Ontario, I'm speaking of. I know yeah. if you're listening outside Ontario, it could be different in your area. But uh, in Ontario, they're predicting in the next 19 days, cases will double. So I think it was like, you know, we're in the six 700 range. So they're saying in 19 days, we'll be up to 1400. But I'm interested to keep, I keep watching, as we've said a couple times on this show and guests have said, hospitalizations, ICU, deaths are the numbers to watch because cases are going to continue to do what they're doing. It seems to me that those numbers have kind of gone down or not down, but they've stayed steady. Deaths certainly have dropped dramatically. Right. Right. Dramatic. Right. And, and ICU, I think in Ontario, I think we're still around 150 COVID yeah. cases in ICU. Yeah. I think so, it's gone from maybe 100 to 150 in like several weeks. So, uh, you know, I, obviously 150, it's it's sad that there are people in ICU, but it's, it's not as if we have to completely overturn our society for 150 cases. No, exa- exactly, which is, is good news. And so anyway, we'll just keep continuing to... Live life. That's what I'm doing, Tony. I'm living life. And while, while you know, while on this episode, while we have a couple extra minutes, I'm just, I got to say this um, because I have to put it out there. I would be remiss if I didn't. There was a situation last week, speaking of vaccinations with MPPs and, and the caucus of, in Ontario. And right. of course, everyone had to be vaccinated and it's just gone, just gone a little overboard in my opinion. But one MPP, Rick Nichols, who was part of the PC party, um, in the Coles Notes version was that at one point, Doug Ford said, it's going to be a personal choice. Uh, no pressure to you do whatever you do. And then, of course, that was changed to where all PC party MPPs uh, had to be vaccinated by a certain date or they would be kicked out. Uh, there was two that didn't get it. Uh, one of them had a medical exemption still in the party. Rick Nichols uh, didn't disclose his reason. He just said, it's my choice. And I'm, you know, I took the premier at his word. And and I, I, I think personally... This isn't about the vaccination, but I think it was dirty what they did to Rick Nichols, and I, yeah, I, but I, not I, it, supporting them in the next election at all. Well, let, let me be devil's advocate. Uh, I think the premier was in a tough spot uh, because he knew that he'd be, uh, uh, you know, he, he has to lead by example, and uh, and so that was the reasoning behind the shift in the policy. But uh, it's unfortunate, I, you know, uh, whenever anyone gets kicked out of caucus, I feel bad for them. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know how much choice uh, Doug Ford had in that matter. In well, he did have a choice because you don't have to sacrifice your principles for power in the name of power, right? I mean, yeah. there is a choice. And especially if you said one thing and then flipped. I mean, if that was another leader that did that, they would be all over them like white on rice. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, I just think they did him dirty and... Uh, again, I, I actually, I actually can. You know what I can applaud though is that Rick said, "Look, I'm not. That's my choice." And he actually just lately left. And I mean, you know, yeah. good for him. Yeah, there's no, some he, that would he, probably he was, just cave and do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but uh, no, no, I, I understand that point of view. I, I, I already again, told David Pacini, by the way, that I'm not voting for them next year. So. And what did he say? <laughs> he said, "Oh, come on, buddy." He sent me a tag. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. There we go. That's a great, that's a great segue. 
<laughs> All right. Thanks again to Municipal Solutions for their support, being our presenting sponsor as well. Uh, LooneyPolitics.com. You can find exclusive content there. Use the code podcast to be an annual subscriber and save yourself 50%. And of course, uh, in about a week, we'll be doing another recap of week two. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. And then, Tony, I know you're down here next week. We're golfing. Yes, we are. I'm looking forward. By the to way, it. we're playing at a we're playing at a new course. Just so you know. Okay. We're going to okay. play at Rondell Glen, which is actually the I don't know if you've been there before, but it's a course that's on the airbase here in Trenton. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that that did should you know, be interesting. Did you know that most bases? Uh, I believe in Canada, for sure, Ontario, but a lot of bases have or had golf courses on site for for the mem- for military members, like as as recreation oh, and stuff. really? Yes. So are we going to see some service uh, men and women uh, on the you course? Prob- well, you, first of all, you're going to have to go bring your ID, because if you don't have your ID, you won't even get through the gate. But oh, wow. we're going to see service men and women, but you're also going to see a heck of a lot of planes going up and going down. So you'll, it'll be a fun day for you. I think I, I think I saw that. I think I've, I've played Torrey Pines. In, is that the one near in San Diego? Yes. And that's near an air base, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, and I, I, remember, I remember playing that and all these big jets and everything else going over the uh, going over the, the fairways. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That, that should be fun. And play, then you'll have an excuse for your game, right? Oh, I was so distracted. <laughs> yeah, by I was distracted, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need, a, I need right. an excuse. Yeah. All right, we'll do this in seven days. All right, buddy.